0: You guys doing all right out there? Are you ready for church? I know we have a lot of people that are online. Would you welcome the online uh, people today? Thank you for chiming in. We have thousands of people out there uh, with us at church. And uh, man, it's going to be a great day. I've been thinking a lot about uh, the last 20 years. And the main reason I've been doing that is because next year we're going to be 20 years old as a church. And we're going to have celebration time and we're trying to figure all that out right now watching a lot of things like vaccines and stuff like that uh, when we get together. At 10-year mark, we actually met at the Altel Arena, and we had 12 to maybe 14,000 people there celebrating, and so we don't know exactly what we're going to do, but someone showed me this stat this week. I want to bring it up to you now. I did not see this coming, Uh, but over the last 20 years, and not even 20 years yet, uh, as a church, you guys, and that's the reason why I'm bringing it up, uh, have given $20 million to Missions and Outreach right here in the state of Arkansas and abroad, and so that is a celebration time for sure. And, uh, and I've been thinking a lot about the family, just a family unit, and, uh, and as a family person, I'm a family man. I want to be, uh, Michelle is much better at being the mom of the house and I am the father of the house. But I do love my kids. I remember all their names and everything. And, um, and uh, we have three grandkids, another one on the way. And uh, when my kids all lived at home, I remember there would be times where they would make ornaments around Christmas and we would, we would put it on the tree. Uh, this accumulated through the years. And we kind of put it on one side of the tree uh, because it would mess up the tree. Uh, it wasn't as symmetric over there. And, uh, and it was some, you know, things written... Uh, The cards didn't have the right grammar, and uh, so people coming over maybe to visit our home, uh, they certainly weren't impressed by that side of the tree, but it was my favorite side of the tree because it was family, and maybe as you come to this church and visit this church, you don't know how hard we aim at family yet, uh, but give us a chance, but I do want to admit sometimes family, it gets messy. But we're still family. This year, uh, it's been a difficult year. I would love to be able to stand in front of you and say, man, it wasn't messy at all this year. It was cake. Being a pastor, probably the easiest thing to be doing uh, in 2020. But it's not true. Hardest year of all. Messy. But family. Uh, This is very important you understand. Because even in the inaugural Christmas, uh, now that we're getting close to Christmas season or Christmas Day, Uh, You can see in the inaugural Christmas that Jesus was born in a manger. Go and study uh, what a manger would look like and what it's like when a lot of animals are in the room. It's messy. But family, family to all of us, when Jesus gave his life for us, if you appreciate that Jesus went all out to reach you, would you praise his name right now? I mean, when he went all out, if you study the cross and the blood that was shed for us to be forgiven... Messy because of family, and so this particular weekend, uh, I made a decision to change things up a little bit. And uh, because we have the candlelight services coming, uh, we have a lot of production inside of that, more produced than normal. And I thought, you know what, this weekend I want I want us to feel like family, and uh, I decided to bring in some some people uh, that I feel like because, man, we have a lot to choose from. We have a lot of people in our family. When we moved here, we just wanted a small church, but it kept growing and growing, and now we have a lot of campuses and a lot of people in our family, and I thank God for them. Uh, so today, uh, what I've done is I've called a few people at different campuses uh, throughout throughout our church, and uh, just like Marcus, who spoke early, uh, he and his family have now moved here. They actually haven't bought a house here, but they sold their home. Would you give it up for the Browns? They're moving here. Thank God. We have to have their leadership. And the holes are doing everything they can to keep things going with the staff. and uh, But I'm so thankful to have Marcus to also help me with, with preaching. And uh, he's just such a friend of mine, and I want him to move here. Uh, but some of the campuses will be represented as they tell about two things. Number one, what's been the hardest part of this year? And then also, what have you learned from this year? So I want to ask for you to give the panel a hand in a second. Uh, but first up... Jason Carson, Uh, he and his wife are faithful at the Conway campus and uh, his wife's name is Ashley. He's the president of Conway Christian School. He's been attending New Life Church for years, again, at the Conway campus. Would you give a hand for the whole panel and then also my friend, uh, Jason Carson. Jason, looking good. I appreciate appreciate you and uh, especially the way that you lead and the way you love your family and even the way you lead that school. And I'm guessing leading a school... Was also a little difficult. So, as you look at the year 2020, what was the hardest part for you?
1: Well, going back to March, I'll be honest with you, it was very, very scary. Um, as a private school, your funding coming through tuition dollars and just the idea of people thinking we can do homeschool at home and not pay that tuition. And I'm a big proponent that every school, every community needs a strong public school, needs a strong uh, Christian private school. So that was a big, big concern. And then you start developing plans when you know that you're coming back in the fall for safety. Yeah. Um, just knowing that you got to keep kids safe, but you've yeah. also got parents and grandparents that you've got to keep safe. Um, A lot of stressful days and nights there, trying to figure that out. Paranoid (laughs) people, slightly. Well, then then you get into like to that point. You've got are the masks safe? Are they not safe? You got the the political influence. Would you like to answer that? No, I would not. No, I will not (laughs) let you decide that for yourself. Um, But just all the things. and you got the racial inequalities that we're having to deal with, and just kids. And you're walking on a campus, and you're knowing kids are getting filled with a lot of garbage. And, and just the weight of that and the stress of that. Stress was the biggest thing for me, Pastor Rick, just every day waking up and not knowing what you're going to have to deal with. But um, the other day I came back from campus, and this is what I found. So we kind of have a makeshift playground, and I came back from Tacos for Life, eating my rice bowl, and I see these four girls on the side of a hill. And they're just playing. they got a ball, and they've got leaves, and they got a hill. And they are happy. They don't feel my stress. They don't feel what I'm having to deal with. Great. And they're just there because they know they're in a place that's safe that people love them, what's going on in the world is not affecting them. And it was just, God, just an aha moment that, you know, as leaders, having to deal with a lot of stuff that's going on, that's part of what we have to do as Christians and as leaders. But to be able to have kids like that, that they know that they're in a safe spot, made it all worthwhile.
0: My goodness, that's great. And I know that, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Jason, I know that um, it was difficult, and I know some things maybe that you've gone through that we can't talk about right now. But I also know you love Jesus, Amen. and uh, and we love the Word here, and we like talking about things that He is doing. So what have you learned? With that in mind, what did you learn this year? And uh, maybe it could help some of our people.
1: Well, my wife tells me I look better in a mask, so I think I'm going to keep wearing that next year.
0: <laughs> well, you do, and you then, do look better and then in a there's, mask. There's
1: this old blues musician that has a song that says, I don't like half the people I love. And so I'm thinking I'm going to practice social distancing a little bit more next year, too. I think that might be a good okay. place. Yeah. Who
0: wants to bring in more social distancing <laughs> yeah. forever? Okay. So,
1: okay. No, but just to be honest, um, optimism. I'm tired of a negative world, I'm tired of negativity. Come on, um, man. I no. want. And, and here, coming from a school, our kids can't grow up where negativity rules. And if we leave it up to this, that, and the other, I'm not going to get into it. That's what they're going to get. And so I've pledged um, to carry positivity into 2021 and beyond. Now, I'm a kind of a half-glass-full person by nature, so it's a little bit easy for me. But as Christians, um, if we're breeding negativity into the world, shame on us we've got to be able to bring optimism into the world because we need encouragement. We need things that people can grasp hold of. And the world's not as bad as people make it out to be. People inherently good. And so we need to make sure that that optimism carries on as we move forward.
0: Yes, we need Jesus, that's for sure. Amen. Thanks a lot. Give it up for Jason one more time. I appreciate that. The Bible says that our attitude should be the same as of Jesus Christ, thinking on things that are good and holy and pure and admirable. And if we put that into practice, then the God of peace will be with us. Uh, now we have Rachel Bernardi. She does not like speaking, but we don't care because she is so smart. All right? Give it up for Rachel. I just love you. Thank you. Um, so Rachel uh, is married to Steve. If you don't know him, uh, he is a blast. She has two kids. She helps in the central staff uh, spent many days serving right here at this campus and then uh, another campus as well but really the whole state of Arkansas and, uh, and Rachel she helps us with content uh, you guys are doing the life of Christ right now you've seen a lot of blogs you've seen a lot of writing we're always developing content whether it's real change or many other things including books that I've written and uh, Rachel helps with that and so she is extremely smart but I think she speaks well, too. Every time she shares, I, I learn something. And so uh, here's Rachel. Rachel, this year, I know it has been difficult for just about everybody in the room, but I really don't know because we haven't rehearsed this at all with anyone here. So I have no idea what she's going to say. I hope it's good. And uh, but, but I do want to know. <laughs> I do want to know. Uh, what was this year like?
2: Um, well, I, w- I would say, first off, um, that... What has really bothered me, was what's really been a challenge for us this year has been, can I just say everything? Yes. Yeah, everything. So starting in March, um, you know, all of y'all are scrapping for toilet paper. I was trying to order frozen blueberries for my favorite bulk organic place that normally gets about 50 orders a day. Um, In March, they started getting 900 orders a day, and I could not get frozen blueberries for two months. So... That's not really hard, really but I'm just terrible, saying. Sure. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, uh, so. <laughs> just ways How many struggle man, with I?
0: blueberries this year? <laughs> okay, we can't relate to that. Try something else.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? Um, my mom is now 89 years old, and she has two comorbidities. My husband goes into public schools and private schools every single day. And so for us, it has been exceedingly challenging because every day when my phone rings and someone asks to meet with me, I'm asking myself the question: Is it worth risking my mother's life for? And that is hard, but um, but it's not impossible. And so it's taken us a, a, a short season of just figuring out how to navigate this season. Mm. And I am very very thankful that this season is just what it is. It's just a season.
0: And then as you look at the year and the difficulty of the year, uh, I know you've learned some things because a writer is always thinking about, what what am I learning? What's going on? Uh, so from your heart to the rest of our church as a family, what did you learn that maybe we can take home?
2: Okay. Um, I've learned that it's easy for our family to be in conflict. Um, when the tensions are increased um, in our culture, the tensions are also increased in our homes. And when the tension is increased in your home, then it's easy to misunderstand each other. And, and we figured out that most of the time, our conflict is not really about the conflict, it's about having misunderstandings with each other. And so I feel like the number one thing that we've learned as a family is learning how to navigate conflict by first off, making sure that we're understanding what the other person is actually saying. And then the second thing is to make sure that we create a safe place for each other to share. Because if the other person feels safe, if they feel covered, like the word says that love covers a multitude of sins. And if we create a place w- where the other person can share what's really on their hearts, then we can find what they're what's frustrating them. And that in itself helps us resolve conflict.
0: Love it. I love how you mentioned the, the family. Uh, when you're in tension at work or wherever you are each and every day and you go home, it can happen there. The Bible says that a church, a kingdom, or a family, a home that is divided against itself will not stand. So we have to fight hard and it's worth it to fight for unity. Thanks a lot, Rachel. And then I wanna invite up Dwayne. This is Pastor Dwayne, he he works at our DLR campus, our downtown Little Rock campus. He's also a principal of Mills High School and uh, his wife is Marque. We have one person on, oh, Daniel, Daniel, went to, you went to Marque. Wow. Oh, I mean, you, you know Marquet, but you went to Mills. Okay, well, this is the principal. Give it up for Dwayne. He is amazing. And uh, Dwayne, here's, here's what I want you to know. Dwayne uh, Bronson told me, who is one of the pastors there at DLR as well. He's the campus pastor. He told me that without this family, he'd be in big trouble because they not only love the word and love the church, but they're great at leading. And so, Dwayne, with that in mind, I just want to ask you, man, uh, this year, uh, I I know we picked two people in the school system. There's probably a reason for that. Uh, It can get complicated. So what's been the hardest part for you?
3: Well, Jason kind of mentioned it, the stresses of having to be in charge but not really be in control because so many people from adult learners to the student learners want answers. And and many times when things were uncertain, we didn't have all of the answers. And so the difficulty of that, trying to keep people calm, trying to keep people affirmed, that was very challenging. And you know, when, when you're considered to be the leader and you're pouring into others and you really need to be pouring into yourself, that was challenging. And to be the strong man and, and really in the situation God showed me that Yes, you may be in charge, but you're not in control. Whoa. So that was very challenging wow. when people are dependent on you.
0: Well, I do want to thank you. This brother is a grandfather, too. He don't look it, does he, buddy? Uh, but I know that uh, you've learned a lot. You take note of things that are going on. So what did you learn this year?
3: Well, I really learned that You know, I, I, what I love about our church is that we start the year off with, with vision and, and what we're going to be praying for. We start off in prayer. And really through everything, it was like I was shaken. And we were not meeting in person, and, but what I learned is that God is faithful. And in the scripture it says in Ephesians 2 and 10, said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which is prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And what I learned is just having family, as you all have stated, my wife would say, remember who you are and remember whose you are. I think oftentimes in everything, people are still just looking for answers. And the answer is that Jesus Christ is the solution for every situation we encounter.
0: Awesome. Did you hear that? And he learned that from Marquet. Marque, would you stand up? I know those that are online won't be able to see her. But uh, she's a dear friend of mine. She drives real fast. I like that about her. And uh, we we'll give it up one more time for our friend, Pastor at DLR, Dwayne. Now, Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, many of you will recognize her immediately because she leads in worship. She's also over the Woman Conference. She's dear friends with my wife. Her and her husband uh, help direct worship, not only here at this campus, but all over the state of Arkansas. She has helped teach us many, many times on video, uh, whether it's the the campus, the digital campus, or whether it's at a a conference or even on Sunday morning. So would you give it up for our, our friend? Uh, Rebecca Shatswell, and uh, married to Brannon, who was just on the keys, and he sings really, really
4: good. And he's and, really good looking.
0: Yeah. Well, I never really thought of that, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I do know that this has been uh, difficult years. We keep talking about but your family, you are such a faithful part of our church. And uh, so what happened this year that was the, the most disgruntling thing that you had to deal with? Uh, As a believer, as a part of this church, could you let us in on that?
4: Yes. Um, So the very beginning of the year started off crazier than any for my husband, my family, and I. Uh, I walked into my son's bedroom. He was 11 months old. He was in a nap, and I found him not breathing. And we knew something was terribly wrong. We rushed him to the ER, and he had almost no oxygen. We didn't know how long he'd been like that. They immediately put him on a ventilator. And we began the fight to save his life. It was a total mystery to us um, for most of that day, what had gone on. But I found myself without any preparation, all of a sudden standing at the side of my son's hospital bed, really with no one but Jesus, because they would not allow anyone else in there. And um, I had never had a moment like that in my life, feeling as alone as I felt, but also feeling as desperate for the Lord. And, um, and then eventually they let Brandon in and people came in and surrounded us, uh, not in the room, but they started praying with us and, you know, God provided, he had mercy, he healed my son and we walked out the next day. I mean, with a miracle, but I realized that a happy ending is not what a lot of people have had this year. Um, And I have, since that moment, I walked out so shaken up. I have watched friend after friend, people that I love, walking through really painful seasons, and because of the pain, the enemy is able to lie to them so easily, and they then embrace it as truth. I feel like the enemy shows up almost like a fake paramedic on the scene of an accident, and because you're in so much pain and he's the first one on the scene, you're willing to take whatever he's going to give you thinking it's going to fix you. Yeah. I mean, you can clap for that. We've all been there thinking it's going to fix you when actually has no intention of healing you. Uh, in First Peter 5a, it says, be alert, be sober minded for your enemy. We have an enemy prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we've all watched National Geographic, haven't we? Right? We've all seen the lions on the hunt after the poor little zebras or antelopes, right? And what's the kind of animal that they're always going to go after? It's the one that's separated from the group the one that's on the fringe or maybe the one that's injured and just can't keep up. And that is what I have watched happen over and over this year. As people go through tragic, hard, painful circumstances, the enemy shows up and starts saying the same lies. You are not valued. You are not seen. No one notices you. You are alone. And we grasp a hold of those because they make sense to us in that moment without bringing them to the truth of Christ. And so if I could urge you with everything in me to realize when you begin to hear those things. The enemy's goal is just to make, to wear you out, to get you disheartened so that you will leave, leave your marriage, leave your church, leave your friends, consider leaving this world because he knows if he can get you on your own, you're much easier to devour. Wow.
0: That'll work. Anything else you'd like to share with us that, that you've learned throughout this year?
4: Um, I would just say, whatever we can do to get near to Jesus and to stay with him, he's worthy and he's trustworthy. He's going to ask us to do hard things with our pain, but he's never going to ask us to do something with our pain that he has not done first.
0: Beautiful. Thank you very much. Rebecca, I love that. Come on up, Cody. And, um, you know, I spoke to you a few weeks ago uh, when we do church uh, in a typical way, I was just sharing with you that the Lord showed me that we're much like the church of Ephesus. And it's great because they were working hard, and they were very good with doctrine, and they persevered, uh, but they did make one huge mistake, and that is that they left their first love, and like they didn't love the Lord as much after a season or two than they did before. And uh, I think a good question right now for those of you that are that are listening right now is that uh, are you at the peak of your relationship with the Lord? Did you lose your edge this year? Because you can get it back. I mean that's what church is all about, that's what worship is all about. And uh, and speaking of somebody who is walks around with the with the edge of God, like they really are making a difference. It's Cody. This is Cody Yeoman. Would you give him a hand? He and his wife Brandy. And uh, strong leaders, I met them uh, through Scotty Howard, and uh, who is a great leader and a great person in our church, and, and I've watched Cody, he goes to the West Little Rock campus, and uh, this, this brother is helping us in many ways, and he's uncomfortable hearing that, uh, but I don't care, it's true. And uh, he and his wife, Brandy, uh, they have a son, and I just wanted to hear from you, Cody, as well. Uh, as a business person, as a person who's trying to raise your child in the fear and the admonition of God and, and all the things that go with that. Tell us about this year, the hard part, and then in a minute we'll get to the good part.
5: Well, first of all, you've got me following Rebecca, by the way, so yeah. I'm going to do my yeah,
0: best. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but,
5: uh, but no, really, I mean, I think for most of us, when we reflect back in the spring, we were all overcoming this initial fear, this initial unknown, I mean, it wasn't just toilet paper. It was potentially food that we were unable to find. I looked at my wife as an administrator in the North Rock School District. And not only are they trying to prepare to educate these children efficiently, but also making sure that they're fed. And our church, by the way, Pastor Rick, did a phenomenal job serving, I believe, over 100,000 meals to children, which was incredible. Yes. Come on. I know for myself as a business person going to work and hearing our employees and they're talking about their spouses who are furloughed, laid off, reductions of salaries, a significant hardship that was caused in their life. And then I've got 300 individuals and their families to provide for. And so there was the worry of the economy, was it going to shut down? Where are we going to find work? And so yes, we got caught up in this fear. And for Brandy and I, once we finally we got out of our heads and we literally got on our knees the Holy Spirit began to speak to us through prayer, through his word. He laid out this path that was so clear for us. And then, not only did we invest in, the, in our Lord and in the Holy Spirit, but we invested in our relationship as husband and wife. That is now, it's just it strengthened so much this year. We invested in our child, in our family. I've got two of my best friends here. We, we created some of the best memories of our lives together this year. We were able to have time to share with others who the enemy was truly putting them through trials in their marriage because of the elimination of this busyness of life. And I know for us that we are going to protect ourselves from the enemy, allowing us to have this to-do list of life and this busyness of life. Because when we allowed God our Father to wrap his big arms around us, and we allowed the Holy Spirit to give us a clear path. He honestly gave my family the best year of our life. Wow.
0: Thank you. Ooh, that's I know you were busy this year. You skipped arm day, obviously, and working out many, many times. And, um, but uh, but uh, tell us something else that, that you think is important that you want to take with you to 2021. I mean, we're all trying to serve God here It has been difficult for many of us. Uh, What's a good lesson that you learned?
5: Two things, obedience and community. Pastor Harry spoke to this a few weeks ago and when we hear obedience, that's not a really sexy message. But this morning, (laughs) um, (laughs) this morning at about three in the morning, I heard my son trying to cry out. He couldn't breathe. And this was the first time we've experienced this. Uh, With severe congestion and his asthma, he could not catch his breath. And in a panic, my wife and I, we grab him and we run to the emergency room. Soon they're able to give him a breathing treatment, steroids. They've run all the tests. Everything came back clearly. And my wife looks at me no longer than 30 minutes after this has happened. She says, what time do you have to be to West Little Rock to set up signs? What time do you have to be at GLR? So you can be on the panel. And I said, I'm not even thinking about that right now. I'm thinking about you and my son. And she goes, Cody, you're responsible and you will be accountable. You literally have to go set up signs at West Little Rock so you can literally point people to Christ. Because we're, as you all know, a church plan over there, set up, tear down. And that you're responsible for the souls of the folks in that church and a word that you may be able to share with them today. And so my wife's obedience, it's incredible. It is out of this world, obedience. So she sets the tone on that. And then on the part of community, my best friend Scotty Howard and Shane Reed are saying, how can I help you? Scotty's the first one there to pick my wife up because I left her at the emergency room. <laughs> I felt terrible about it, y'all.
0: And you should. I had to and go set should. up signs.
5: But Scotty was there, and he picked her Thank up. Thank you, Scotty. You so saved a marriage. Man. Obedience and community is definitely going into 2021. Wow.
0: Cody Yeoman. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Cody, uh, we have to leave soon. He, he needs to work out between now and the next service. <laughs> and uh, I want to say something that could sound condemning, but... Uh, I don't want it to be. It's not the way that I'm wired. Um, But oftentimes, I've thought about this. If we close down as a church, would Arkansas even notice? And um, so we have that. But I want to think about something else just for a second and mention this to you. I find when you go to church and you're trying to serve the Lord and it's been a difficult year, it's easy for the enemy to whisper in your ear, if you left here would anyone even notice? It goes even more specific than that, that am I making a difference or does anybody even care? I could, I could never come back to church here and no one would even notice. So here's the condemning part, okay? But well, then why don't you do something at church where if you left, everybody would notice? Because you don't just go there to get fed. You go there to build the kingdom of God because you believe in it And it's family. And I know it gets messy. Why do you think that Jesus talks so much about forgiving one another? Uh, Because he knew at church we would hurt one another. And he even brought it to an upgrade point when he said, in fact, the way that I'm going to forgive you is going to be in direct coordination with the way that you forgive other people. So I guess if I had to say what I've learned this year is that the strongest people that I see when I look in their eyes are people who decided that in 2020 they were going to live in grace. And many of you have, and I thank God for it. Let's bow our heads.